Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are worthy of our glory and praise. We thank you that we have you to rely on in every situation in our lives. And God, today, we lift up the name of Jesus, your son, and we ask that as we turn to your word, as we reflect on it, that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to each one of us, whatever it is that we need to hear so that we can go out and know you personally, love you more completely and serve you well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I'm Pastor Chris, the lead pastor here, and before I get to my message, I want to remind everybody that on Saturday night, the fourth Saturday of every month, we have baptisms. And last night, um, as we were getting ready, somebody said, are we having baptisms tonight? And I said, yes, we're only having one. And the person said to me, one person at a time, because our mission here is sharing the new life of Jesus Christ with the world, one person at a time. And so when one person comes to be baptized, we baptize that one person. Now, In the uh, 10 months that we've been doing baptisms this year, we have baptized now 78 people. So I think that's pretty cool um, that that many people have, you know, committed their lives to the Lord and and, and, uh, taking that step of obedience in baptism. And then after worship this morning, one person took me aside and said, Pastor, I just want you to know that last week I committed my life to the Lord. And it's been such an amazing difference. And, And my whole Life is different. And, and then he said, and this is really cool uh, because everybody needs to listen to this. If you're, if you're like in a family where um, you haven't been following the Lord, uh, he said, but my family doesn't really believe it yet. And I said, That's, that makes sense. <laughs> I said, in six months to a year from now, your family will believe it if day by day by day you'll continue to walk with the Lord. And I love what he said, because it's sort of not really religious language. He said, well, you know, every time I start to have this doubt, he goes, I just double down with the Lord. I was like, oh, okay, you know? He just said, I just spend more time in prayer. I just read my Bible more. And I'm like, whoa, that is, that's the best double downing I ever heard of before. So that's why we exist as, as a church here at New Life, is to glorify God, and then to share Him one person at a time, and to see one life transformed at a time. Because over time, as we've seen here at New Life, that, that's a lot of people. And, and we've been in this series for the last couple weeks now called the time of your life and if you've been here the last couple weeks you should be rested up and prayed up because that's what we've talked about the first two weeks this this series is a seven week series and it's going to be talking about during these seven weeks seven particular areas of life management not just time management but managing our lives so we can have the time of our lives and those seven areas are rest prayer physical care relationships study work and finances And uh, as I said, we've already talked about the first two. And if you weren't here for those first two, I would encourage you to go online to newlifexn.org. You can watch them there, uh, those messages, or you can download them and listen to them as you're driving in your car, whatever. Because this series, if, if you will participate in all seven, 
um, and you'll let God work, I guarantee you it, it's going to change us, all of us, uh, to become more and more like Jesus. And that's the, the theme of this whole fall. We started with a series called You Are Here, which means wherever you are, whether you're an explorer, you don't yet know Jesus, or you're a believer, you've just come to know Jesus, or you're a disciple, which means you're growing in him uh, and trying to, to live out, the, or I should say, training to follow the disciplines that he is giving so that we can become more like Jesus and, and spirit-led. Uh, and now we're in this series where wherever we are when it comes to rest or wherever it is when we come to prayer and now today physical care, uh, that we're going to talk about how we can take the next step to become more like Jesus. And, and when you think of the word physical care, you might say, well, what does that have to do with spirituality? I mean, I came here to hear a message about Jesus, right? I came here to hear a message that's going to help me grow spiritually. Well, physical care, believe it or not, we're going to read some scriptures this morning that shows us that physical care is a very important part of our overall well-being as spiritual beings. And uh, we've been doing uh, something a little different. We have a take-home point every week, and the take-home point is the one point that we hope that you'll take home and I'll take home and we'll live it out in the week ahead. And these ones have all rhymed. And so I'm going to see um, how well... that the, My theory is if they rhyme, you might remember them. Okay, so the first week was rest, and I said, um, you're going to say it back to me. Um, you're going to finish it, I mean. I'm going to start that first half. You're going to tell me the second half, I hope. Okay, start with rest. That's uh, half-hearted, but okay. Start with rest to be your best. And then last week we said, a life of prayer means God everywhere. Brad was here last week anyway, um, Pastor Brad. Uh, okay, a life of prayer means God everywhere. And today... Uh, it's going to be a little bit unusual, but they all have to rhyme, and they usually don't, but this one does. And so it says this, physical care is rare, but my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I have no spare. Okay, physical care is rare, but my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I have no spare. Now, if you don't think that physical care is rare, let me give you some statistics. Uh, first off, uh, from the National Institute of Health, it says that 68.8% or more than two-thirds of us are overweight, and the uh, same institute says that 35.7% or one-third of us are obese. Now, if you don't care about your weight, how about this statistic? 375,000 people die every year in America because of heart disease. And back in 2010, 7.6 million people had heart surgery. And if that isn't enough, 41% of us will get cancer in our lifetime, and 21% of us will die from cancer. So even if physical care had nothing to do with spirituality, it would be a good topic for us to address, just because it might be a good thing to be healthy while we're here. But it does have something to do with the spiritual realm. In fact, the, the, the most common thing for us as uh, human beings is to divide our lives up into little compartments. We talk about the physical compartment, the, the mental, the, the emotional, and the spiritual. And even the Bible says that human beings have three parts. We have a spirit, we have a soul, which is our mind, emotions, and will, and then we have a body, the physical part of our, our lives. Now, the thing that the Bible never does, which we often do, is divide those things up and split them up. In fact, the Bible teaches that we are our unity. Just like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons, we are one person. Even though we have a spirit and we have a soul and we have a body. And so we're going to look at some scriptures this morning that are going to help us to see how the physical care part of our you know, life management ties into our overall well-being as human beings who are spiritual beings. If you have a Bible and you would like to open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, that's where we're going to start this morning. 
and, uh, or Bible app, or if you don't, it'll be up on the screen. But the Apostle Paul writes these words. He said, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. The price of his only son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. That's the price. And then it says, so you must honor God with your body. Now, back in Jesus' day, in Jerusalem, there was an actual building called the temple. And the temple was the place where God lived. And there was a place in the temple, it was called the Holy of Holies, and it was separated by a, a curtain. And once a year, the priest would go in there and would minister uh, in, in front of the, the ark. And, and what would happen is God would sometimes speak, sometimes God would do things. In fact, the priest that went in there probably was a little scared because they put bells on him in case he died and a rope on him in case they had to pull him out because nobody else was allowed to go in there. But anyway... On the day that Jesus died on the cross, the day the veil was torn, okay, that's the day Jesus died on the cross. It's the song we just sang before we started this message. And it was torn from top to bottom, signifying that the Spirit of God was no longer, and it never was, but no longer relegated to just the temple in Jerusalem, but would now be available to every believer in Jesus Christ. And, and, and the Apostle Paul, when he became a believer... He understood that what happened on Pentecost, when the first Christian Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came to 120 people, came inside of them, and the Spirit of the living God was there, and then 3,000 people believed, and they received the Holy Spirit, and then more and more. Paul understood, and, and we see it in this scripture that we just read, that our bodies become the temple, literally the temple of the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that? That the God of the universe has chosen to live inside of us by His Spirit. And, and then... And then Paul added, so you must honor God with your body. Now, we can discuss and debate what does that mean. In fact, Christians have done that for the last 2,000 years. What does it mean to honor God with our bodies? Now, we know one thing it means because Paul introduced this passage with a verse we didn't yet read. We're going to read it right now that shows us that he was talking about sexual sin, that we need to avoid it if we're going to have our bodies be healthy and be the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says this, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. So if our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God says they are, then we're supposed to run away from sexual sin. But I think there are some implications, even though Paul doesn't address it here, about what else we should do. We should not ingest substances that are harmful into our bodies if they're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, as soon as I said that, some of you thought of alcohol, some of you thought of cocaine, some of you thought of heroin. How many of you thought of donuts? Okay, you see, how much of a substance that's bad for us in large quantities ought we to you know, ingest into our bodies in small quantities? That, that's a question that we can argue and debate about, and that's not what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today, my goal today, is to reflect on God's Word and what it tells us about our bodies and their relationship to our spirits, to our souls, and to godliness and how by living with our bodies truly as the temple of the Holy Spirit, we can manage our lives better, but more importantly than that, we can actually have the time of our lives. Because there's no better way to live than to live consistently in our bodies, our souls, and our spirits to God, or for God, with God, because He is with us by means of His Holy Spirit. If God's Word is authoritative, in our lives. And here at New Life, we believe that God's word is authoritative because it's God breathed, 
Every word of this is God-breathed. It's suitable for teaching us and correcting us, rebuking, and all those things that Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy. And we believe that. So we know this. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so we must honor God with our bodies. Now, Jesus commented on this in a different kind of a way. He wasn't talking about what we eat or, or maybe what we do on the outside, but he was talking about a different part of our bodies that really are the gatekeepers, if you will, of our bodies. And here's what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Jesus said, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So our eyes let things into our bodies, don't they? That's what Jesus is saying. And so our eyes are filters for our lives. And what Jesus said is, if we look at things that are beautiful, things of goodness, then our lives on the inside will be filled with goodness. But if we let our eyes see things that are evil, if we bring things into our bodies through our eyes that are evil, then we're going to be filled with evil. Now, an obvious uh, example of what that would, would include would be pornography. And when we look at sexual images for a purpose of self-gratification, we're polluting the temple, which is the Holy Spirit in us, the, you know, our bodies and the Holy Spirit in us. And the thing is, I know it's uncomfortable for uh, Christians to talk about some of these things and for churches to talk about some of these things, so they don't most of the time. And it's been said that silence is golden, and there's occasion when it is. But when silence means that we don't talk about the hard things that God says we have to talk about, when silence means that we avoid talking about the issues that will keep our bodies pure, that will allow us to truly be temples that honor God with our bodies, then silence isn't golden, it's cowardice. And the Apostle Paul and Jesus were two who never shied away from telling us the things that we need to know so that we can glorify God in our spirits, in our souls, and in our bodies. Now, as we consider physical care, God calls us to move deeper and deeper into obedience. I want to go back to that uh, illustration I used about explorers back in the fall, whenever we did, you know, it's still the fall, but I guess in September and into October, when we did the four stages of spiritual growth. And we said there are explorers, people who haven't yet trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord. And then there are believers who have trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord. Just like that person that talked to me between the, the worship gatherings this morning whose life has changed. And then there's the, there are the disciples and then there are the spirit-led folks. And just as there is that continuum in our physical care, there's a continuum. There are people who aren't doing anything and there are people who are doing extreme things to take care of their physical bodies. And wherever we are at this moment, God expects us to take the next step. Now... For me, for example, I'm 25 pounds overweight. Actually, it's only 20 after this week. And, you know, three weeks ago when that little boy put his hand on my belly and said, baby, in Cambodia, um, you know, I was 35 pounds overweight then. So, hey, heading in the right direction. But what that little boy did was he, he did something that I already knew. He told me that I wasn't where I need to be on this continuum. He told me that I had given up something. And, and, and you say, wait a minute. Were you ever in the shape you should have been in? Yes, in 2012, just three years ago. And some of you are saying, well, that's because you're getting old, Chris. You know, you're just not going to be in good shape because you're old. Well, I am old. I'm 58. I mean, that's older. You know, I'm, I'm actually younger than I'm ever going to be. But I'm old, all right? And, I, and only three years ago, though, I weighed 190 pounds. And I was in very good shape. Well, what happened? Well, it's very simple. It's very simple. I just stopped doing the daily disciplines that I need to do to be in good physical condition. And regardless of our age, 
regardless of what physical condition we're in right now, we can be in better condition if we do certain things. And they're going to be different for everybody. Please don't come out of church after worship today and make me feel bad because, you know, you ate two donuts for breakfast. Because somebody did that already. They said, Chris, I ate two donuts. Is that all right? I'm like, talk to God. Don't talk to me. No tea at the end of my name. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's okay. I don't know how many donuts are okay. But, but the point is, wherever we are today, we can become you know, more the person that God wants us to be in this physical area by doing certain things. For me, it's three little things. The three little things I need to do is get enough rest. I need to eat right, and I'm not going to define what that is because I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist. I'm a pastor, but there are all kinds of good eating plans out there, and I need to exercise six days a week, 30 to you know, 60 minutes a day. And, and if I do that in February, I'm going to be able to pass the shoe tie test. Okay, it's a little thing. I don't know if you ever heard of the shoe tie test, but all you have to do is bend over, tie your shoes, and still be able to talk at the same time. Okay, if you can still talk at the same time as you're tying your shoes, then you're probably in pretty good physical shape. I can't do that right now, but in February of 2016, I will be able to do that. I'm not going to preach my whole sermon from that position, but I'll demonstrate to you that I can do that. Because wherever we are today, we can get in better shape by consistently this is the key, day by day by day. It, it, you can't go home today and get in shape. But you can go home today and you can take one step. And then tomorrow you take another step and another step and another step. And now I've told about 700 people this weekend that in February I'm going to be able to do the shoe tie test. So that's a little bit of accountability, isn't it? So if you see this baby not going away over the next couple of months, just say, hey, Pastor Chris, you know, February's coming. Because it is. February will come. Regardless of what you and I do, February is going to come but the bottom line is we can honor God with our bodies, and I want to do that. I want my temple of the Holy Spirit to be effective. And yes, I, you know, I, could spend, I could spend a whole three or four messages telling you how I got from 2012 to here and all the bad things that have happened. But none of that matters. What matters is today, because we can't do anything about yesterday. We can only do something about today. Now, you may still be sitting there thinking, why are we talking about how much Pastor Chris weighs? And why are we talking about food? And why are we talking about these things? It's supposed to be a sermon. And all these things don't make any difference in the spiritual realm. Yes, they do. They matter a great deal. Because in, if we're not physically effective, ultimately it carries over into our spiritual lives as well. Now, I was having a much better time back in 2012 than I am today. But I know in 2016 I'll be back to where I was. Which... I want to say one more thing about this. My ideal weight, I said 190, and some of you are going, 190, that seems like a lot. You know, well, my doctor's chart said I should weigh 160. That's 55 pounds less than I will today, look, live today. You know, I'd look like a toothpick with fur on, right? Um, I did weigh 168 one time back in about, nine, uh, yeah, it was 1990-something. I weighed 200-something pounds like this, and I got down to 169, and everybody thought I had cancer. So I'm not going back to 169 again. I'm going to go back to the, the, the weight where I can honor God with this temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and the thing is, this series is for all of us, wherever we are, to know that if we would go into all of these areas, rest and prayer and physical care and relationships and study and uh, work and finances, if we'll do those seven things more and more effectively, day by day by day, we can honor God more effectively in all areas of our life. And today we're simply talking about physical care. Now, 
Most of you know that on Tuesdays, maybe many of you know on Tuesdays, I go to do a Bible study at a halfway house for people, guys who are recovering from alcohol and drug addiction. And um, one of the things I've done over five years of doing that pretty much every Tuesday is I've picked up some of their language. And one of the statements they use, it's become my favorite, it says this, half measures have availed me nothing. In fact, one of them gave me the rest of the statement, half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked for his care. Uh, uh, That's God. I mean, he underlined his because he knows who his is. And protection with complete abandon. So what am I saying? I'm saying if you go home today and you say, I need to rethink some things. And I've been using this little illustration. Any Star Wars fans? Anybody? Star Wars fans? Like six of us. Okay. Well, I love Star Wars. All right. And and one of the Star Wars movies, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi went into this bar. And there was a guy smoking some kind of a thing. Looked like a cigarette, you know. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jedi Knights, even if you don't know Star Wars, you probably know that Jedi Knights can do mind tricks by just going like this. Okay. It's not like this. It's like this. All right. So they just, so he went like this. Because that's like a witch. This is just like a Jedi. Okay. So the Jedi... The Jedi, you know, he says, you need to go home and rethink your life. And the guy puts down his little cigarette and he goes, I need to go home and rethink my life. And he probably did. So what we all need to do is we need to go home today and rethink our lives. We do. I mean, we should do that every day. The unexamined life is not worth living. That's not in the Bible. Socrates said it, but he was right. So we go home and rethink, what am I doing in the physical area, in the spiritual area, in the area of my soul? What am I doing now that's a half measure? I'm just sort of halfway, you know, doing it. Because you can't half measure yourself into anything worthwhile. It takes a full measure to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. It takes a full measure, actually, to be a good athlete. It takes a full measure to be a good anything. Because we can't halfway ourselves into anything beneficial over time. The Apostle Paul told us a little bit about that when he was talking to Timothy, his son in the faith. So here's a letter from Paul, and he's in jail, and he's probably going to be executed soon. And so he's writing this words of wisdom to his young son in the faith. And this is what he says in 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And the key word there is train and training. Ever since I found out the difference between training and trying, I've used it. I mean, some of you who have been coming to New Life for a while have heard me say this a dozen or more times. Because training is, is full measure. Trying is a half measure. I mean, we've all tried a new diet. I was, you know, my mother used to be on every new diet that came up. When I was a little kid, there's only one I really liked. It was the steak diet. I liked that one. We had steak for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like four days. And then I don't know if we ran out of money or mom decided she wasn't losing weight. But anyway, you know, I didn't like the grapefruit diet so much. I didn't like the cereal diet so much. I didn't like some of those other diets. But the steak diet, that was all right. You know, but we try it for a couple days, a couple weeks, and it doesn't work, or it works for a few days and a few weeks, and then we try something else. But that's half measures. But training is doing anything today on a consistent basis over time that will empower us down the road to do something down the road that we can't do today. And the extreme example I've used over the years since at least 2006 is the example of if I said to all of you, hey, after worship today, we're going to meet in the backfield here, we're going to go run a marathon. 26 miles, 385 yards. Most of you would go, uh, I think I'm busy. Aren't the Steelers playing this afternoon? You know, you wouldn't want to do it because you know you couldn't. You would try, but you might make it two miles or maybe two-tenths of a mile. But you wouldn't make it 26 miles, 385 yards. Neither would I, by the way. But here's the thing I can promise you. If you're in reasonably good health, 
20 weeks from today, you could finish a marathon. 20 weeks from today, because I know that because when I was 46, I did it. I started in January, which is a dumb time in western Pennsylvania to start training for a marathon, just so you know. But I started training in January, and in February, March, and April, guess what happened? Every day, I would get up and I'd look outside and go, huh, I'm not running today. Because it would be really cold or snow foot, you know, be a foot deep or it would be raining or something like that. And here's the thing about training, whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual. You can't take days off. You know, here at New Life, we offer a lot of spiritual training. We really do. You can go online and find some. You can come here and worship every weekend, and we're going to give you some uh, tips for a spiritual training. You could go to the children's ministry or the relevant student ministry. At all age levels, we have some training opportunities available, but what we can't do is we can't train for you. And that's what I found when I was training for the marathon. You know, if I said, well, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's too wet, too whatever, and I didn't train, I knew I wouldn't be able to run that race. So I kept on training. Because I knew if I did what didn't feel good today, down the road, and I still have my little medal I got just for finishing, you know, and I'll never throw that sucker away because, I mean, I earned it, you know. 20 weeks of training and ran a really, really long way. And in the last eight miles, all I kept saying was, there's no walking in marathons and praying really hard. But in your life right now, I know you don't feel like reading your Bible every day. I don't always feel like reading my Bible every day. You don't feel like praying all the time. That's what we talked about last week. You don't feel like taking a day off every week. Neither do I. You don't feel like even coming to worship every week. And because the things that are good for us don't always feel good for us when we're doing them. It's, not, it's down the road after sometimes years. And that's what... <laughs> That's what we're not really that good at as human beings. I mean, it's not just Americans. All human beings say, what? You're telling me I'm going to have to do this every day for the rest of my life? Well, take a day off every week because you're supposed to. Six days a week for the rest of, of your life. And if you'll do that, and if I will do that, what will happen is our bodies will truly be the temple of the Holy Spirit. I can promise you this. We're all going to slow down. I'm never going to run a five-minute mile again. I'm never going to run a six-minute mile again. But it doesn't really matter. What, what I will be able to do again is I'll be able to bend over and preach you know, while I'm tying my shoes. In February, that's all it's going to take. And spiritually, there's no limit to what can happen. If we train in godliness, there's no limit to where we can grow in becoming more and more like Jesus until he calls us home. Or he comes back. You know, if he comes back before February, I'm good with that. Whatever weight I am, that'll be fine. If he calls me home before that, I'm good with that too. You know, but if he doesn't, I want to do day by day by day the things I need to do spiritually and physically, emotionally, every way to glorify him. And that's what this message is all about. For each and every one of us, we want to get rid of the half measures. We want to start to train instead of just try because trying is random and it gives you random results. But training is intentional and it gives you intentional results. For all of us. Now, some of you came here for the very first time today, and you're thinking, what in the world am I doing here? This guy's talking about physical training. He's talking about Jesus, and I don't know what's going on. There's never been a better day for you to be here if this is your first day. Because we have already told you how to take care of your body if you want to do that. Now I'm going to tell you what really, really matters most of all. Like Paul said, that training in godliness is most important. And that is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you don't, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, what that means, Savior, is Jesus died, perfect man, died on the cross to pay the penalty for all of our sins, yours included. And if you receive him as Savior, he saves you from your sins and saves you from death. 
And then Lord means he becomes the owner of our lives. And this is the really cool part. Because in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, the Apostle Paul said something that I, I love these two verses. I mean, there's a lot of verses, but these two I really love. Because he said, you know, to the Philippian Christians, he says, As you were obedient to the Lord when I was with you, so much more now that I'm gone. Then he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Which means that's our part. We have to do what we can do. And then he says, because God is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. That means God will do what we can't do. If we will do what we can do in this spiritual growth process, in this, in this physical growth process, then God will do the things that we can't do. And, and that's so important because we get to experience things that people can't experience. <laughs> once Jesus Christ is in us and once we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, we get to do things that no one else can do. Because he is Lord and Savior of our lives. So I would encourage you, if you're here for the first time or the hundredth time, and you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, it's simple, not easy. Like, none of this is easy, but it's all simple. It's simply say, Jesus, I, I, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge I haven't been living my life the way I ought to. I want you to come in and take over. I'm going to let you be in charge. You're my Lord. I, I, I accept the salvation you freely offer. And from this day forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with you. And as we do that, and many of us have done that, as we do that, we now have something available to us that no one else has that is not a believer. And that's the power of the living God and the presence of the living God in our lives to help us grow spiritually and in every way. Because he doesn't just care about our spirits or else he wouldn't have written about our bodies and about our souls. So, physical care is rare. But my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and I have no spare. That's true for me and it's true for you. It's true for all of us. And so here's today's commitment. It also rhymes. It says, I will exercise my body, soul, and spirit this week as God, God's better life I seek. I will exercise my body, soul, and spirit this week as God's better life I seek. If we will do that, if we will exercise our body, soul, and spirit this week, and for some of you, you've been doing that forever, and, if, and actually, if you're consistent in exercising your body, soul, and spirit, I'm serious about this, I would like you to talk with me after worship because I need to learn from you. Because I haven't been consistent all of my life in doing that. But each of us is somewhere, and we've been more or less consistent if we'll take one more step in the direction of being consistent in our discipline, our training, in godliness, in physical training, in, in training our minds and our emotions even to follow God, what will happen is our lives will be significantly better. We will have the time of our lives. I know a lot of people think that the time of my life means I get to go on a vacation to Europe or some other place. Or a time of my life means I have more money than I've ever had before. The time of my life means that this particular person that I really want to like me will like me. And all of those things would be nice. But the time of our life really means that we're doing exactly what we were created to do. We're being exactly what God created us to be. And that happens simply. Not easily, but simply. It starts with going home and rethinking our lives. And then once he tells us what we need to do, taking one step and the next step and the next step. I don't know what God is going to do for you and with you between now and February. But I can't wait to see in my own life and in yours as we 
take care of that one and only body that we've been given, as we take care of the one and only spirit that we have that connects with God and the one and only mind and, and emotions and the will that God has given us to bring Him glory. As we do that, day, let me say it one more time, by day by day, miracles are going to happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much that you care about every aspect of our lives. There's no detail of our lives about which you don't care. And God, we thank you today for your Holy Spirit who lives in each of us who knows you as Savior and Lord. And God, I pray again, if any in this room don't yet know you, that even in this moment they would say yes to you and that they would receive the eternal life, that experience that Jesus called being born again and the Spirit would come in and take over and that now... Each one, those who just came to know you and all of us who maybe have known you for a long time, will together make a commitment to train daily in godliness and to train daily physically because it's of some benefit. God, I pray that each of us here today will glorify you in our bodies, that we will honor you in our bodies because they are indeed the temple of your Holy Spirit. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.